50 days of footy left and so far our great game has outlasted the wild ride of COVID-19. And now we welcome not only the 2020 final series, but also NRLW 3.0. Penrith Panthers pounce to 15 straight and take the minor premiership, while Brisbane Broncos make history to claim an accolade of a different kind and certainly not one they're proud of. So with Kevy set to ride into Red Hill, how do things change in 2021? And with finals here, we bring in the big guns. The eight joins us to give us his verdict on week one of the finals. Ah, we made it. Finals footy is here. It has arrived. And back by my side, Michael Chamis and Jamie Soward. Always lovely. Having you on here, it's only going to get better. We are joined by one of the immortals, like we mentioned in our intro. But first, gents, what did you like out of the final round of the NRL Telstra Premiership Series? Uh, look, I like the celebrations out at ANZ, the Panthers winning the minor premiership, but also the fact that we got to see the Warriors sent off in a, in a manner they deserved. Great work from the Seagulls, the gesture, the guard of honour on the way out onto the field, and all the clubs who, uh, who gave thanks to the Warriors for their sacrifices this year. Oh, I'm actually happy that we've down to eight, that we're into finals, because <laughs> there's been some bad, bad games and teams that are looking forward to the off-season. So I'm actually really looking forward to Friday night and getting the real serious business underway. Absolutely. And mine was actually, it is rugby league related. Uh, Cara Lee Nolan was the first female ref to be the head referee for a New South Wales rugby league grand final. She's 26 years old. Uh, fantastic stuff there. She works so hard. I don't know someone who trains as hard as her. And I just think it's awesome to see because she's the first person to not want to stand out as a female. She just genuinely loves being a referee and she's had a couple of really good uh, male mentors around her to help her get that far. So a lot of people have mentioned that watch this space in the next few years. Hopefully she can be on the big stage to join Belinda Sharp. But the draw is set and delivered uh, for week one of the final series. So here's a look at the four games and to kick things off in style, the minor premiers taking on the back-to-back -back reigning champions, the Panthers and the Roosters at Panthers Stadium. A Saturday double delight, the Raiders and the Sharks at GIO Stadium in that elimination final. Before the qualifying final at Suncorp Stadium between the Storm and the Eels, and Rabbitohs and Knights round out the action on Sunday at ANZ Stadium. Which match are you both looking forward to? I feel like I can guess. <laughs> is, is that even a question? Yeah. That, that Panthers-Roosters game is the most excited I've been about a footy game in a long time. Well, it's got so many storylines about it. You know, can the Roosters bounce back after conceding 60 points? We all know the stat. You know, no team's won after conceding 50 points in a season. And then you've got the Panthers. This is the question they've been waiting to answer. Can they get it done on the big stage? So I think Friday night will headline it, but don't don't take too much off the other games as well. South Sydney, they might put the cleaners through Newcastle and be you know, ready for a finals charge. Absolutely, and the footy fans have that one right too, gents. That game is already sold out, so there are no more seats for that Panthers and Roosters match. There's less than a thousand tickets for that Saturday clash between the Raiders and the Sharks game, but tickets selling super quick for the Storm and Eels and the Rabbitohs and Knights finals but you still have a chance to purchase your tickets they do come on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m for the general public so you can buy those at ticket tech or nrl.com forward slash tickets and also due to COVID-19 reasons the tickets are at the cheapest prices that they have been on sale $15 for members um, and non-members $20 the ticket start at so fantastic stuff there but let's get more into the football analysis leading into the week one and we are joined by Andrew Johns thanks so much for coming on inside the NRL no problem at all. Have we got you there? Sorry, I didn't hear. 
Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Thanks for coming on Inside the NRL. Now, I will get to that Friday night match, but let's start with your old club, the Newcastle Knights. Uh, do they have any chance after they lost that home ground advantage losing to the Titans? Well, I would have liked it more if they were playing in Newcastle. Um, yeah, I couldn't believe what I was watching. when. But I, yeah, the Titans played really well, but the Knights boys, you can't let that slip. Um, I give them a really rough chance because coming into the semis, you can just throw all the other form, you know, away because it's a different competition. But it's a big but. It's it's a rare team and a rare player who can just turn up and snap his fingers and find another, you know, one or two gears. So, yeah, they're up against it. They'll have to have the dramatic change of form to, to beat South Sydney. Joey, I know, excuse me, Joey, I know you've been a long admirer of Mitchell Pearce over the years. It seems as though he's struggled a little bit in the last few years in the back half of the season. He sort of started the year strong and then fallen away a bit. Have you noticed that? And how does he try and change that ahead of the finals? I don't know. It's a tough one to work out why. This year especially, I understand Mitchell's really struggled with the um, with the bubble and the isolation as... I can imagine a lot of players, but you know Mitchell's um, likes to be active and getting out and about. And I think it's really he's really struggled with it, with the bubble. Um, yeah, it's hard to put a, a finger on. Yeah, last year they really died away in Newcastle, and I suppose Mitchell's form wasn't that great late in the year when they were pressing for top eight, and then they got smashed by the Tigers by 50, and then smashed by Penrith by 50. But once again, you never know. He might turn up and shoot the lights out on Sunday. I hope he does. Joey, Friday night, the back-to-back champions take on the Penrith Panthers. Nathan Cleary, you've worked with him in origin. What have you seen in his game this year that's taken him to such an elite level? Well, it's his team now. I think in the past he's been the the backup singer with James Maloney being there, but now it's his team. And I just... Under Trent Barrett, I can see he's taking his game to a new level. Just his ball playing. He's getting a lot more quality ball. And, um, yeah, it just looks like the game's slowed up for him. You know, he's, he's in fine touch. They take on the Roosters. How do the Roosters bounce back against Penrith? Because this is a big question. The Penrith Panthers, minor premiers, been beating everyone on a big win streak. This is the one question they need to answer. How do the Roosters you know, take on this young side? Well, they got the best players in the comp in and around. Look, they, they had some of their, their combinations missing defensively. Josh Morris will go... Uh, uh, no, sorry, Joseph Manu and Brett Morris will go back to that right side. And Isaac Liu, he's underrated. He's their ball player in the middle, so he'll add there, which then strengthens their bench. Angus Crichton will go back on the bench with Lindsay Collins. Look, the, they'll, they'll trouble Penrith. This game will go down to the wire. There'll be nothing in this game. And I think they're a huge chance, the Roosters. Anyone who thinks the Roosters are finished, they're kidding themselves. They're right. They're, they're, for me, they're still premiership favourites. Wow, that's interesting to hear. But obviously no surprise. I mean, Trent Barrett's taken them to... I mean, Trent Robinson has taken them to back-to-back premiership. So I won't even ask you another question on that match. You'll be part of the commentary team. But mm. turn our focus to Saturday and the Raiders and the Sharks. Do you have any inkling that the Sharks have a chance in this match? No. No, they haven't been been a top eight team all year, which is a worrying thing. And especially with no Sean Johnson there, Sean provides a real point of difference. And he's one of those players that can play outside the structure. So you you can't plan for a Sean Johnson team when he's firing. 
Um, yeah, I just think they're making up the numbers, especially down there in Canberra. Canberra is a team that can really challenge because they're unorthodox and they get some players back. Look, they beat them last week with about 10 to 12 of their stars out. So I think it'll be a smash-up derby down there. Joey, Parramatta got a lot of raps at the start of the year for their attack, and especially Mitchell Moses. Now, that's fallen off the back half of the year mm. as well. Do you give them a chance against the Storm? And are you still speaking to Mitchell in regards to the way he's performing at the moment? Yeah, I have. Look, I think Mitchell's a little bit like Parramatta. They hit a flat spot uh, a couple of weeks ago for about a month. Um, and the thing is, we have to realise, I keep telling Mitchell, I said, you know, we're not machines, you're human beings. So you're naturally going to go through ups and downs and flat periods and, you know, you're carrying little niggly injuries. But, you know, his big test is going to come Saturday night and the storm give you nothing. So um, they're going to ha- his kicking game is going to have to be perfect. But to beat the storm, you, you have to be a little bit unorthodox. And they're a team that can break up the storm's defence because they like to offload the ball. So if the offloads stick and they use that quality ball and, and Mitchell's kicking games on, oh, I think they're a big chance. Joey, that was the difference in the opening 15 minutes the other night. You saw Gutherson and Moses push on the ball. That'll be a big part of their game if they had upset, is that second phase football and then being able to get on that front foot for Mitchell against the Melbourne Storm. Well, I think they're at their best power when when the ball goes between Nathan Brown and Junior Paulo and they combine. And then, as you said, Gutherson and, and Mitchell Moses. Now, Dylan Brown, he's a chance of coming back. So if Dylan's back, that's a huge in for Parramatta because he is such a special player. Um, and the advantage, they're playing at Suncorp. Suncorp Stadium is a, is a ground that has no dew on the surface. So you can move the ball laterally really quickly, which suits Parramatta. They get the first 20 minutes right and those offloads stick, then they're a huge chance. Joey, look forward a little bit. I know Freddie named five players for his train-on squad Mm. Uh, for the November Origin Series. No Zach Lomax there, and obviously Katoni Staggs would have been there, Freddie said, if he was fit. Does that mean Stephen Crichton's a chance, mate? And, w- and what are you made of the selection so far? Um, well, I imagine Stephen Crichton's going to be in there. I, I, haven't, I haven't spoke to Freddie at all about some of the selections. Um, but I know he's got a massive rap on, on Stephen Crichton. And look, they're going to go deep in the Premiership, which is massive. Uh, Penrith will be right there, right towards the end. Um, I thought Nofaluma was unlucky not to be there, but I know I know Freddie this year has been really impressed with Daniel Tupo, so I imagine he's at, you know he's he's in his mind for selection. Uh, Zach Lomax, I, I thought he'd be there, but obviously Stephen Crichton's knocking on the door. Absolutely. We'll go back to the Knights for one last question there, Joey. And how important is it? You did mention that it's going to be tough that Knights don't get to play at home, but how important is it to get those Newcastle Knights fans to the stadium to support that team? Oh, I'd love... I can remember back in the day, there was 50, 60 buses coming down (laughs) the F3. What's it called now? The M1 or something? (laughs) Coming down and... You just see all the buses you know, coming to the Sydney Football Stadium. It was such a lift for the players. So, yeah, any of the Knights fans out there, look, come down for the day and it'll be a great day. And as I said, you never know what's, what can happen. The Knights can turn up. And they're the sort of team when things stick, they're a dangerous footy team. And while ever Caelan Pong is in the, time, in the team, then I wouldn't write them off. Yeah, absolutely. Newcastle Knights fans, you heard it from Andrew Johns the Great. That game on Sunday at 4.05 at ANZ Stadium, so make sure you get your tickets. Joey, we really appreciate your time and have a great call on Friday and Sunday.
Cheers. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much, Andrew Johns there. You can catch all of those matches live on Channel 9. Of course, our broadcast partners. Are you right? <laughs> <laughs> I love to. We have, we've had Billy Slater. We've had Andrew Johns. These are the greats. Mal Meninga. You were nervous, Sally, before we've that been... interview. I am because I just love talking footy. Like, it's, you know, when you're working alongside these guys, you never get the chance to be able to ask them questions because they're prepping themselves. But when we get the chance to interview them, it's, it's um, yeah, credit to our producing team to get these guests on. And I'm sure the fans at home love it as much as I do. Absolutely. He adds such great insight. But I'm always sport for choice every week. I mean, All right. We will get to some more news. And in the sunny state, it has been reported that Kevin Walters is the winner for that uh, Brisbane Broncos head coaching role. Michael, when will this be officially announced? Yeah, Katie, there's a board meeting as we speak. The Broncos met today and look, my old reports Kevin Walters is going to get that job. The Paul Green hasn't been told that he won't get the job and I don't think Kevin's been told that he has the job, but by all reports it's going to be Kevin's job. Now, the ramifications going forward on the Queensland Origin job are going to be quite significant. Talk about Wayne Bennett potentially, I think, is the front runner to get the job there because I think you'll find that Kevy's going to struggle to do both jobs. And if he gets the job as expected later in the week when they announce that, uh, Queensland with a big decision to make. We'll get to the Queensland Maroons chat for, uh, in a second. Let's keep talking about the Brisbane Broncos. Why do you think it will be the case that Kevin wins over Paul? Look, I think there's a lot of pressure on this. Brisbane board to get this right and there's a lot of pressure from the former players there who want Kevy as the coach now whether that's the right decision or not time will tell but I have no doubt the influence of the old boys is in the minds of the board as they make this decision and if they go with someone else and they get it wrong again then they're going to be left with egg on their face twice in a couple of years. But not only that, he was there when they made the grand final as an assistant. He's gotten the best out of Anthony Milford, who remains their highest paid player. So there has to be some sort of thought that he was doing something right behind the scenes to be able to get the best out of those guys. And Anthony Milford hasn't been a shadow of himself since 2015. Maybe that's played into it as well, that he has had some, I guess, you know, influential time with these guys and maybe able to bring them on. The concern for me with Kevin Walters, and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve the job, but the concern for me is last year during the Origin Series when the pressure was on, I don't think Kevin Walters handled that very well. I think he buckled under the pressure last year in Origin and he's going to take on the job which will, be, which will hold the most pressure of any job in the NRL with a lot of expectation given what they went yeah. through this year. But so my only concern around Kev is, Kev is how he handles the things outside of rugby league. But that's, that's a different situation because you lose one game in Origin and you're, you're under the pump. You know, you're there to win best two or three every year and you've got time to prep now. You've got, he's got 12 months. If he gets the job, it'll be two years and one year in favour of the club if he meets some criteria and making the finals and stuff like that. But he's got 12 months now to shape this roster how he wants to, make some other buys, get some experience in there, change their style of play, get them competing again. And if he shows enough... Year two, they'll, they'll start to push for the eight and then he'll get extended again. Michael, what's the truth then with Craig Bellamy? Because would that be perfect to have him over the top of Kevin Walters when you talk about him not really having uh, the experience or the pressure? Yeah, spot on, Katie. I think Brisbane know they probably can't have Kevin Walters you know, calling the shots on his own. He needs some support around him. Anthony Seabold struggled with it being that sole figure at the Broncos. So the reports are that Bellamy, in the News Corp reports today, suggest that Bellamy was all but a done deal. Look, from my understanding, Bellamy met with the Melbourne Storm last Friday and he gave them the indication that he wouldn't make a decision and hadn't agreed to anything until... He won't do anything until the end of the season. So uh, you'd take Craig Bellamy on his word if you, uh, if you want to. But uh, at the end of the day... 
I think that the Melbourne Storm know they've got a fight on their hands to keep him, given he also has family ties in Queensland. Well, I know I certainly won't be reporting anything else that Craig Bellamy <laughs> says after what his words yesterday. Well, I responded the other day that I'm not making any decision and I ain't going to be talking about it for the uh, until after the finals. But I can tell you right here and now, I have agreed to nothing anywhere. Anywhere. OK. So are you, are you believing that? I mean, what if they don't have um, Craig Bellamy coming, what old boys do you put around Kevin Walters to support? Because do they need old, old boys? Broncos well, old boys? I don't think they need old boys. They've got Kevin Walters. He suits that criteria. They need someone with experience around Kevin Walters. He's a first-time coach. So who? in the NRL. I, I don't know. Well, Craig Bellamy is the perfect fit. There's a lot of talk around potentially Wayne Bennett. In, you know, Wayne Bennett only has one more year at South Sydney as well, so they could, he could link up. But at the end of the day, the, the Broncos want the best, and the best is Craig Bellamy. And they'll do whatever it takes to get him. Uh, I think they, they feel they're in a, with a strong shot to, to lure him away from the storm. OK, well, you did mention that uh, Queensland Rugby League believe that it may be too much for Kevin Walters to handle the Maroons gig as well as the Broncos gig. Cooper Cronk put this idea past the media a little earlier today. The way that COVID's uh, applied with the protocols, I don't think the pre-season will start till then. Kevy's put his fingerprints all over making uh, State of Origin this year under his tutelage. Um, so personally, I think Kevy can do both of it. If you're asking me for what the next alternative is, if Kevy steps back, um, look, Wayne Bennett's the logical one. But um, why don't you get Thurston Smith and Slater to, to coach Origin this year? There you go. <laughs> so who are you picking, the trio or <laughs> Wayne Bennett? <laughs> oh, Sally, what do you think? You'd... I think yeah, Wayne would be able to plug and play. You just put him in there and it's about getting the players right for, for a performance three, three times in a row. So, yeah, Wayne Bennett has been there before, done it, uh, and having experienced those big games, I think he'd be the perfect candidate. I think it's a done deal, to be honest with you. I think mm -hmm. Bruce Hatcher, the chairman of the Queensland Rugby League, goes back 40 years. I think he does his finance or his accounting for Wayne Bennett. Their friends go back four decades. So I, I think there's a little agreement between them there that if Kevy was to get the Brisbane job, that Wayne would would take over as Queensland coach. And they've got to do it quickly. Like we, Kevy can't be Queensland and Brisbane coach. It's impossible. He needs to focus his attention to Brisbane. But... New South Wales have named part of their squad. Queensland, a lot of their players have already gone out and out of the bubble. They need to do this pretty quickly, uh, the Queensland Rugby League, because yeah, they've got to get in the camp in a couple of weeks. They can take as much time as they like. <laughs> <laughs> Three nil. Hey. All right, well, we'll wait for that one after the NRL Telstra Premiership final series. But before we get to the Go Healthy Vitamins casualty ward, uh, we do have a sneak peek of the True Believers documentary. Now, um, this is going to be pretty exciting. It will air on Wednesday night live at 7.30 on nrl.com and before I ask uh, my sidekick here, Jamie, a little bit about it, have a quick look. That chokers tag for me was, yeah, it pissed me off. We were just trying to play our best on those games and weren't good enough. Once you get that tag, it's hard to shake, so... It felt personal and I felt like that sort of period there was a lot of people that had gone out of their way to make sure that we knew that we were chokers. You know, that chokers tag was really starting to get ingrained, I suppose, in, you know, who we were as a team. I remember vividly that we were looking for answers and I remember Wayne saying to us, we're not changing a thing, we've just got to do what we've been doing better. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it's been a decade, a whole decade <laughs> since you won the Premiership. I'm getting old. What insight does this documentary give Dragons and also rugby league fans? Yeah, well, 10 years on, I think that you know, Rick and his team has done amazing in sitting down with some of the players from that era and talking about some of the moments behind the scenes because so much of that... Uh, era about the Dragons was built around the Chokers tag of 09, you know, being one of those teams that lost to the team V8 and then going up to Queensland and, and bound out to the Broncos, but being able to bounce back the year after and, you know, put to bed some of those demons that had uh, haunted the Dragons fans for so long, but um, I, I really enjoyed, you know, what Rick and the team done. They, they spent days and hours on every single bit of footage and months, yeah. yeah, but just, you know, breaking it all apart. Although I did notice a little article there about um, the run, Sowie run. That was written by this fella <laughs> <laughs> spraying me. I think you'll find there are a few right. articles spraying you. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, he tells you he's your, big, he's your biggest fan, man. You're, yeah, yeah he, he. Not to my face, though. I like up my words, face. but make sure you do watch it. And you both yeah. mentioned Rick, Rick Cairns is the, the um, I guess, the boss of this documentary and has put so much time and effort into it. Along with the whole team, I know um, David Kennedy, John Mayling, Chad Bennett and Andrew Molinaroli, the, the whole team have been sensational. So 7.30, Wednesday night, NRL.com. Make sure you check that one out. It's Certainly a brilliant piece. But now it is time for the Go Healthy Vitamins uh, Casualty Award brought to you by Go Healthy Vitamins. A few big hits to stars over the round. The one of most concern is Jake Friend after he failed to return after a head knock on Friday night. He did do some light running on Sunday, but the hooker will have to pass protocol to play in the Tri-Colours finals match against Penrith. Benji Marshall didn't finish the way he would have liked for the West Tigers. The half has broken ribs and a knee injury. Fingers crossed that won't prevent him from securing a deal next year. And heartbreaking news, Bronco Tony Staggs and Bulldog Jaden Ockenbaugh have both suffered ACL injuries. It's the three letters we all hate to hear. The pair will undergo surgery and looking at six to nine months recovery. However, there are a number of players raising the clock to be fit for finals. Dylan Brown headlining that list. Brad Arthur was confident for a week two finals return. But whether or not they will rush the half back from his ankle injury, we will have to wait until Saturday. A handful of Storm players also to be tested. But in good news, Kafusi, Fasua Malaawi, Funavalu and Bromwich all look to be clear. That's this week's Casualty Ward brought to you by Go Healthy Vitamins. All right, it is now time for Sweet or Sour. Jamie, what do you have? Sweet this week, and I'm going to give a wrap to the bunker. That's right, the bunker has got a wrap on uh, <laughs> Friday night, the Cowboys and Broncos game. We saw a rule change here come in where the play is actually allowed to unfold and, and you're allowed to award the try if you go through and you see Hamaso Tabuifado go through and score after a good kick from Scott Drinkwater. And the referee goes through and awards the try, but... What we see next is there's a little bit of a rundown here on the run that he wants to check it anyway to see whether it was a try. So no try. I'll get it reviewed. So he awards it, Katie. He allows the fans to go up and experience the excitement of a try going through. And now, while the kick's getting ready to be taken, the bunker's gone through, watched it again, and realised that Hamaso Tabuifado is offside. I think this is the way forward for me. It allows that engagement for the fans, and you get the decision right without having to have 50 different replays. And if you do need to take a little bit longer, I uh, totally understand. But I love what I saw Friday night from the bunker and that little change. Absolutely. Uh, Michael, do you agree? Yeah, I agree. Oh. Yeah, I agree. <laughs>
Listen, I know what you're going to try and tell me, but you were, I thought you were trying to argue last week that you wanted to stop the game every time and go through the bunker referral while we're all sitting there waiting for it to happen. I like the way it happened on the weekend. The NFL, multi-billion dollar business, does it for every touchdown. They allow it to be awarded and then they go through and check it. And if they do need a little bit longer, the last play is under review and we get the decision right without having to yeah, send We can't compare little... ourselves to the NFL. That's they exact... stop for everything. I'm so. just saying, they yeah. don't stop for everything. Well, every, every tackle they stop. Anyway, so... Okay. I was happy with that, Katie, and I think I've turned, got one on the good guy's side. It was. That was a great sweet or sour. I'm glad it was sweet, and I'm sure the referees will be able to sleep well this week knowing that Jamie Sowers on their team. Uh, now, look, also I'd like to have a sweet, and that's for the Warriors. Uh, I think it's important that we do take a moment to thank them, and it was incredible scenes um, on Sunday for their final round victory over Manly. Take a look at this. Yeah, such a fitting farewell uh, for Adam Blair, who will retire at the end of the season, which he is now retired. Gosh, I am one for words today. But isn't it great, gents, to see that uh, they're just showing so much... They've been showing so much respect for all that they've done because it's been simply outstanding. It has, it has. And I think the Warriors of the football club will be better for this year. I think... I know that what they went through has been challenging, but the camaraderie that they, ha they now have heading into next year and going forward as a result of having to spend five months together, uh, I don't think you can put a value on that. No, you can't. And it's going to be expectations now start for next year because they were outstanding in such a tumultuous year with so much turmoil going on in, in the world. They were able to get themselves together and have performances. Now, next year, the planning starts under Nathan Brown. And congratulations to Adam Blair as well. Mm. Uh, you know, fantastic career. He almost punched holes through me down in Melbourne one time. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for not doing that, Adam. But uh, he's been an amazing player for so many, so many years now. It's uh, nice to see him. Just quickly, the hats off to Todd Payton because the, he had... That job he took on, honestly, almost had nothing to gain by taking on that. Well, the, we were on air the week that they, you know, they, mm. we didn't know if they were going to continue playing or not. The week that Steve Carney got sacked. Incredible and what he's been was, able to yeah, do. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah, they have been through anything and everything. Zach Bailey actually did a great piece uh, all in inside the Warriors 2020 season. That one's on NRL.com as well. Um, they, but they finished 10th, eight victories. All the clubs that finished below them, take a serious look at yourself. But I, I know no thank you will suffice for that club. So... From, um, from our hearts, we really do thank each and every one of you. Uh, but moving on to the Bundaberg Rum and this uh, final series, Bundaberg Rum will be giving the man of the match for each finals game the opportunity to pay it forward to a deserving senior grassroots rugby league club. So each man of the match will get $1,000 towards their nominated club. So keep an eye out across Fox League after each finals match or catch up on all the winners following the NRL on Instagram. That's a great initiative, isn't it? Yeah. You're enjoying that beat too, aren't you? Finals time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, good. <laughs> Love it. All right, it's now time for Hit or Miss. Okay, first one. The Eels must, must risk Dylan Brown this week. Hit or miss? Hit. He straightens up their attack. Will Smith and, and Jay Field have been fantastic in filling in, but for me, I think Mitchell Moses gets the most out of Dylan Brown being back in the side. He's been able to run the ball, and if he's ready to go, you just see some of the footage here. 
that, that step is something that's going to be so valuable against the Melbourne Storm, who are so structured, don't give you anything, and they, they want you to try and go around them, whereas the Parramatta Reels need to try and go through them. So I think he's a must this weekend. Dylan Brown's that important to the Parramatta that I'm going to say miss. They are, if they lost on the weekend and were in sudden death, then I would have said hit, they need to play him. But they've got the luxury of having a week up their sleeve. If they lose to Melbourne this week, which many people are expecting, then they'll probably take on, I think, South Sydney next week. And they need Dylan Brown fet, fre, fresh and fit and firing for that game because they can't win the comp without Dylan Brown. Yeah, but they, if they win this week, they're one game from winning. Yeah, but, the, the but they, also, the they also risk him getting injured and well, playing Well, every game you run out's a risk, mate. So you either of put course it, it is, but if he's not got, ready, see how You've got to this stage of the year by putting all your chips in and Brad Arthur will play him this week. This week will be... Well, he's, got a, he's got a fitness test on Tuesday. He'll play. He, he'll probably be named, but the reality is it's five weeks since the injury. It's a minimum six-week recovery from that injury, from that surgery. So we'll see how we go. Zach Bailey <laughs> teams tomorrow at four o'clock. He'll be named. Oh, he'll be named. Three no doubt he'll be named. And he's playing. He'll, he'll be named. Okay, let's have a little bet on that. Okay. Okay, so you're betting that he won't play this week and you're betting that yes. he will Just play like this the, week. Just like we bet on the Miami Heat beating his Celtics, but that's okay. That's another story. You have been waiting uh, 28 minutes to have that sledge on air. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Cody Walker has to be in the New South Wales Blues lineup, hit or miss? I'll say miss. I think he'll have to be in the squad because uh, if South Sydney bow out and the Roosters go deep into the finals... Cody Walker might find himself in the 14 role or, or definitely in that number six jersey. Uh, what we're seeing right now is just a guy out there going and, and playing footy, support play, yeah, over the advantage line. Love, Brad Fittler would love that, but the first choice halves this year will be Luke Keary and Nathan Cleary. What about for you, Michael? Yeah, I agree with Sowie. It's a miss for me. He'll be in the squad. I think Freddie's already said he'll be in his squad, but it's going to take injury or suspension, and the only, that's the only way Keary and Cleary aren't the New South Wales halves for that first game at the Adelaide Oval on November 4. Okay. Moving on to some NRLW and Charlotte Kaslick will lead the Roosters to their first NRLW title, hit or miss. Michael? Oh, the pressure you're putting on her after one, well, your first game of rugby league. <laughs> oh, look, I think, uh, I think miss, to be honest. Like, I, think, I don't think she's going to have to... Look, the Roosters have had the pressure the last couple of years of being the favourites to win the comp. It's definitely the first year everyone thought they were going to win the comp undefeated. So uh, it's great to have Charlotte Kaslick in the NRLW, but oh, it's, a bit, it's a bit of pressure to put on. So obviously a world-class player, but it's a lot of pressure to put on her given the Roosters haven't been able to do it when they've had the big guns in the past. Yeah, Miss for me, fantastic athlete. And, you know, see some of the footage there. She's mm. going to be hard to handle uh, against uh, in, in this NRLW competition. But, you know, when you haven't played a lot of rugby league, you can have moments of brilliance, but you can have the people that have played for so long, you know, be able to sort of manipulate you into positions and take advantage of that. So I'll be interested to see how she goes defensively. Carrying the ball, she's going to be a real threat, but defensively making those reads uh, and being able to do that consistently is something I think that she may struggle with. And the, the Broncos are back-to-back. -back. They're looking for a three-peat. They've got yeah. some pretty good players themselves. Dragons have re-upped a couple of people as well, so I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. And she hasn't played, like you mentioned, Michael, hasn't played one rugby league game, but she did have a run uh, with the Switch Jets last year when the Queensland Maroons were having an opposed session, and she did not look out of place. Yeah. Well, Katie, you'd know that the rugby girls that are coming over, is this the start of something special, getting a lot of these girls to play in the NRLW? Yeah, I think it's just attracting more and more athletes, which is cross-code, I embrace it because it's just bringing more attention to the code and more talent, and that's what we need to grow the game anyway. Um, all right, last one. Kieran Foran will be the starting 5'8 for Manly. Hit or miss? Jamie? Uh, a hit, but I think that Josh Schuster uh, okay. should be 
given a chance. He's a fantastic player and shown enough in his rookie game the other week to show that he's going to be there in the future. But, yeah, sometimes you just want to go back to what's worked for you before, and I think Des Haslil might um, go there, but I, I think Schuster should be the starter. Uh, did I hear he was thinking about playing him at hooker? Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I, I just don't know how that will work with Kieran Four, and given... Yeah, the injury problems he's had over the last few years, I think that's the last position you want to use Kieran for and if you're trying to get the best out of him. But uh, I'm with you, Sia. The, the Schuster sounds like he's got a special future ahead of him. So uh, Manly got a tough decision to make to start the year. Absolutely. And hopefully he... Um, what am I trying to say? He recovers from his pec injury in time and, and has a fantastic season because he has been very unlucky there. But now time for your power rankings, Jamie. This week's NRL Power Rankings see the Canberra Raiders make their way into the top four. And I have to put my hands up here. I've underestimated the strength of Ricky Stewart's squad down there in Canberra. The week they went out to Penrith and got absolutely hammered, they lost Josh Hodgson. I thought it was all done for the Raiders, but they look like they're going to go deep into the finals. Yeah, they do. And Tom Starling, what a find. He's been fantastic for the Raiders over the last few weeks. It's, it's obviously with the Raiders. They get the Sharks in week one, Sowie. Probably the easiest team to get in week one of the finals. So if they don't move on to week two, they deserve to bow out. One thing to look for this week is that uh, sorry, Williams and Jack White need to be able to run the footy. If they're going to be a threat and go deep, they need to be able to run the footy. I think they win this week. The Parramatta Reels were far from convincing last week against the West Tigers, although I did like their attack in the first 15 minutes. They started with an energy, beautiful pass from Gutherson out the back there, but it's their defence that still remains an issue. Yeah, it is. The defence was their strong suit to start the year. The Eels, I think they had the best defensive record over the first five rounds in years of any team. So that's fallen away a little bit. Hopefully their attack, if they get Dylan Brown back this week, it just sort of gets back into the groove and Mitchell Moses finds some form again. And they had some second phase as well, which brought Moses and Gutherson into the game early, which is always a bright sign for the Parramatta Reels. The Newcastle Knights have limped their way into the finals this week after another disappointing performance up there on the Gold Coast. This was diabolical because they weren't great against St George Illawarra. They go up the Gold Coast, they're playing sudden death footy this week. They were awful. They were, and as much as it pains me to say, look, I, I thought the Knights could do something special this year, but... Yeah, if they turn up against the Rabbitohs and aren't at their best, they could get embarrassed. Well, I put them down to ninth. I actually thought the Titans deserved to be playing footy with the way that they're playing at the moment. I know that it's a whole season thing, but I actually had the Gold Coast Titans ranked above the Newcastle Knights and the Warriors. Yeah, well, that's probably fair to say because the Knights have been woeful over the last month. We're down to eight next week. Make sure you keep an eye out on NRL.com for the power rankings. Thanks, Jamie. All right, champ or chump, and we go to Suncorp Stadium for this one. Of course, it was Darius Boyd's gender reveal. Now, I'm not sure if this is champ or chump, but it was a little odd. Seriously, are we really concerned? Like, this is a guy that's played over 300 games, done everything in the game. It's been the season from hell, and it's not just his fault up there, and we're worried about the gender reveal. I couldn't believe there was such an uproar about it. Seriously, the season's finished. What do you want him to do? Do you want him to sit there and cry in a circle and say, oh, we were so bad? Just get over it. It's, uh, congratulations, Darius, and another little girl as well, mate. The girls Absolutely. are the best. I'm give you the chump award for just continuing on the outrage. It's, it's a, a light-hearted, fun segment. 
Champ or Chump? There's so many. You, I think you're not having a dig I'm at Champ or Chump. He's having I'm a saying, dig at the I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I know. I, I understand. couldn't believe the people blowing up about it. Well, I don't think people are blowing up. I guess they were. No, it's just, it wasn't a genuine blow up. It was like, what's going on there? It was very undarious like that. Yeah. It was, it, okay, I thought it was very... You know what? He's probably relieved that the season's over. <laughs> I just wanted to celebrate. So, congratulations to him. It is beautiful. And congratulations. They are expecting their third baby girl, which is very exciting. What would you say? Uh, um, girl dad. Girl dad. Yeah. Girls are the best. You're a proud girl dad. You also have a girl, so you can <laughs> <laughs> Okay, next one. <laughs> I don't know where that's going. <laughs> the South Sydney oh Rabbitohs. There's been great. Sydney trains have uh, jumped on board their support on the um, South Sydney Rabbitohs fans. They'd like to announce the official change to railway time 60 to 8. Of course, that was the score over their arch rivals, the Sydney Roosters. I thought that was clever. Uh, Are we champing or champing? That's actually pretty good. I'm, I'm going to champ I, that. Yeah. I'm champing that. Sally still hasn't worked it out. You know what? Yeah. I'm champing the person that follows Sydney Trains on Twitter, whoever that was. So <laughs> he needs to be on time. No, it, it went viral. Uh, as I like that. Yeah. 60 nah. to 8. Sally hasn't worked it out yet. I don't care. That's it's 60 why. minutes to 8, which means it would be 7. Yeah, well done. And it can still be called 7. Very clever. Is there one more? <laughs> there is one more. And it's a very rare double falcon. So let's watch this one. Adam Clune and Aaron Booth. Watch this. Happened even too. <laughs> okay, so I'm not sure if that's a champ or chump, or if it is Matt Chechen's explanation of it. It's the most threatening the dragons have looked all year, to be honest with you. That's that's the sad thing. I'm going to go chump. No, but you haven't even heard. We haven't heard haven't Matt Chechen. What Matt just said. Sorry, 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 sorry. Initially, comes off a melon, then the player <laughs> in an offside position melon. grabs the ball. Okay, so I thought that was funny. That's good. <laughs> that's good. I'm going to champ the great man. Yeah, chump, poor kick from Clune. <laughs> Good kick pressure from Melbourne, but great explanation from Checkin, who I actually think is the best referee in the game at the moment. I love watching Matt Checkin, just being natural, be himself, looks in control all the time. Champ. Love it. Okay, so now we're getting to two-part champ chumps. This is yeah. very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that, that's basically a wrap for today. But tune in tomorrow, 3.55, for NRL team Zach Bailey, the host of that one, of course, with Brett Kamali and Robbie Farrar. All of the final teams we will be able to see if Dylan Brown is named for the Parramatta Eels, the one that you two uh, have a bit of conjecture over. So make sure you tune in. And also on Wednesday, um, ahead of the NRLW. I will be hosting with my co-host Tasha Gale. Um, that will be five o'clock every Wednesday. We will uh, pick apart the women's game which will be fantastic and Alicia Newton will also be on that show crossing to us as the Chief Women's Rugby League reporter. That's it. Pumped for finals well or what, Jen? Ready to go. Let's do it. Ready Let's to go. It. They want to get offset. Okay, remember to vote for try of the round. Thanks to Drinkwise. So head to nrl.com for your top four choices. Until next Monday, have a good one. Hopawadi, quick hands away. Glenn to Xavier Coates puts a kick in for himself. And the Cowboys have got it through Holmes. And look out. Here we go. Looking for the Hammer. He deserves the try. Here he goes. Hammerside's Hammerai for no. Third time lucky. Quick pass to Bubble. Brimson away. Got pass. Mitch Barnett. Oh, now he turns. Pogger inside out. Goodbye. Oh, he's done it again. And just like that, AJ Brimson stamps his authority on this match.
Oh, look at this. The combination of the six, the seven, the one, and away goes the one. Allen will score. Oh, he's given it to Alex Johnson. It's under eight. Four minutes remaining before the break. His Starling away again. Finds some space. Puts a kick in. Chasing through. Williams is there. And 